Hello everyone, this is Bola from clevergirlfinance.com and welcome to another episode of the Clever Girls Know podcast. So on today's episode, I'm talking about one of my favorite money topics and that's investing. And I have a special guest join me. Her name is Tila Holcomb. She's the founder of TilaHolcomb.com and she's a trading and investment coach who has been independently trading and investing in the stock market since 2009. In addition, Tila doubled her retirement savings in just eight months by using the strategies and systems that she has created around trading and investing. And she has achieved financial freedom and has the choice to retire in just three years. So I'm really excited to have Tila on the podcast today to talk about investing with me. But before we dive into today's episode, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you do. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and you can also listen to episodes of this podcast on the Clever Girl Finance YouTube channel. And do you follow Clever Girl Finance on Instagram yet? Well, if you don't, you should. I share a ton of motivation and advice on my Instagram page, and you can find it on Instagram at Clever Girl Finance. And be sure to check out the website, Clever Girl Finance. I have new content every single week to help you improve your finances and you can subscribe and get access to my resource library. And finally, if you need some extra help when it comes to improving your finances and you want to join an amazing community of women who are doing big things with their finances, check out my accountability program at clevergirlfinanceacademy.com. Let's get into this awesome episode with Tila. Hi, Tila. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here talking about one of my favorite topics, investing. Thank you for having me, Bola. And I'd love for you, before we dive in, to introduce yourself to the listeners. Who is Tila? What do you do? Um, I'm Tila Holcomb, as you just pointed (laughs) out. I am an independent trader and investor, which just means I trade and invest the stock market for myself instead of having someone else do it for me. Um, And I also teach others how to uh, trade and invest the stock market for themselves so that they can kick the nine to five to the curb and start living a life that they love. I love it. And you have a ton of great stuff going on with your platform that you're going to share with us. Um, including your amazing courses. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Tila is going to be sharing all of that with us. But I wanted you to start by sharing your personal story. Why did you get interested in investing? How did you get to the point where you do this as a business? And what inspired this journey? Well, I was uh, when I first started learning, I was a single mom and I was working a job that was very demanding of my time. And I wanted freedom. I wanted to still bring in the same kind of income, but I wanted freedom over my time. I wanted to be there, you know, for those events that kids have. Uh, Cause I remember growing up with my mom being a single parent and there was a lot of events she had to miss because she was working two jobs to make sure we had everything we needed. And I just wanted my daughter's life to be different. I want her to be able to look back on her childhood to see, um, to have experienced something different than that, to know that mom was there all the time, as well as was able to provide for her in ways, you know, that, that she needed. So I was looking for different uh, avenues to make that happen, starting a business and, and, you know, selling stuff on the side, different things like that. And uh, a gentleman I worked with uh, mentioned that he had started trading the stock market and he had this grand plan to <laughs> retire super early and RV around the country. Wow. <laughs> now, minus, minus the RV, I was hooked on what he was saying, okay? (laughs) I wanted to know more about how that was possible and what I could do to start learning as well. That's an awesome story. And, you know, 
investing gives us options because this is how we get our money to grow. This is how we put our money to work for us, right? Right. And a lot of people think that it's this dark hole and it's complicated and it's confusing, but it's it's not, it really isn't. And you're going to break it down for us in plain English, which yes. is basically the mission of your business, breaking down investing in plain English. And I think that is so important. So I'm glad that you came onto this path. <laughs> And Me too. Your daughter is going to be a savvy investor as well. So, <laughs> so if you can just for the folks who are listening, why is investing important? Why should more people be investing? More people should be investing because our money can only grow so much through saving and budgeting alone. All right. Trading and investing takes it to the next level. It helps you grow your money exponentially. Whereas where you're just when you're saving and, and budgeting alone, you only can get so far. Absolutely. That's really important. I think I heard a lot of people tell me, well, I'm afraid of investing. So I have my money in savings accounts and I have it in a certificate of deposit. But one thing people need to realize is that when your money is in savings accounts, you know, you're probably getting like one to 2% at the max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and inflation is at two and a half percent. So over time, as years progress, you're actually going to be losing money. And so you want to put your money to work for you. So outside of your emergency savings and outside of money you need for short-term goals, like if you want to buy a house in a couple of years, your long-term money should be working hard for you through your investments. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of people are wondering, or a lot of people wonder, when is typically the best time to get started with investing? Because there's all kinds of, you know, oh, I should wait until I'm older. I should wait until I'm making more money. I should wait until, you know, there's different questions. So when is the best time to get started with investing? The best time to get started is yesterday, honestly. <laughs> as soon as you, you know, are introduced to the concept of investing, when you're given a 401k at your job, just start learning then. Um, I'm even teaching my daughter now, like you're saying, I'm teaching her now, she's 13. So it's never too early to get started. And so I say if you're if maybe today is the day you're gonna start your journey on learning how to invest in the stock market. If it is and you have kids, bring Bring them into the learning uh, curve with you or the learn the fold with you so that they can learn as well because the the sooner they can learn what you're learning the better off they'll be. You know what I mean? So imagine if you had learned about all this investing and knowing how to really make your money grow through the stock market, you would be, you know, in a completely different place. So if you're starting your journey today, I highly recommend you bring your children into it as well so that they can start learning too. Yeah, that's so important, you know, teaching your 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 children financial wellness and how to grow their money just sets them up for success with their money in the future. And that's one thing I really appreciate from my parents, you know, just guiding me, even though I still went off and made my own mistakes because, you know, I am a human being. <laughs> we do that. <laughs> you know, we do that. But just giving me those tips and guiding me. And so if, even if you don't come from that background where your parents gave you, you know, support or education around money, you can make it a goal to do that for your children. So I love that you said that, bring your kids along on the investing journey. So for someone who is a newbie to investing, 
they're just they're about to get started. And you had talked about a lot of people, their first touch with investing is their 401k. But, you know, for people like that and for someone who's like, okay, I got this 401k thing, I want to figure it out or I want to open a brokerage account and start investing. Like, how do they start? Start with learning the terminology, you know what I mean? And it may seem a little intimidating, but start with just like one term, figuring out what what one term means. And then once you start getting to that, I recommend a practice trading account. Um, That will allow you to get out there in the stock market in a virtual way with pretend money so that you can practice some of the things that you're learning. Um, you're going to find out, you know, what is a buy order and how do I put that in? What does it look like when I'm making money? How do I sell it? What does it look like after I sell it? Um, because all of that, all of the the technique and, and the where to click and what it looks like and learning the platform is all part of, you know, trading and investing in the stock market. And it can be intimidating if you're trying to do it as you're learning um, or trying to make money. And so I always recommend starting with that practice account so that you can get um kind of get over that that hurdle of learning the new platform and what everything looks like and start learning the techniques without losing your real money because that is <laughs> that is definitely a discouragement as well as people get out there and they start trying to learn and buy and sell and they're losing money and then they want to stop because they they're afraid of losing more money whereas a practice account will help you uh, learn without losing okay. and Tila is there a practice account that you recommend? Uh, my favorite right now is Think or Swim by TD Ameritrade. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes. And, you know, what you said, I agree with 100%. I think starting out by learning the terms, getting educated, finding a basic one-to-one book to start learning about what investing is, what is a bond, what is a stock, what is a mutual fund is really important. And that practice account will help you test out what happens if I put my money in Apple for six months? What happens? Like It just helps you test out and get comfortable with putting your money in the stock market. And right. a lot of people out there say, well, investing in the stock market is like gambling. And it is like gambling if you haven't done your research and you have no idea where you're putting your money and you're just basically going into the market blind. <laughs> exactly. So I'd when like you to, gamble, you lose a lot of money, right? <laughs> right. And I like to compare it to uh, driving a car. Now, is it dangerous for my 13-year-old to get out there and drive a car right now? Yes, because she doesn't have her license. She doesn't know what she's doing. Mm-hmm. But is it dangerous for me to get out there right now? No, because I've been driving for years. I have my driver's license. I have some experience behind me. Whereas with the stock market, it's the same way. If you are getting out there with no experience and you're just throwing your money at stuff that you don't know about, then yes, that is gambling. But if you take the time to practice and learn, then you're going out there with education and uh, the know-how to protect yourself and to do it safely. Absolutely. That's great advice. And in terms of research, um, think or swim, they have a research capability, right? You can go in there and research the stocks and the funds you want to buy. Yes, it's a very powerful tool. So you can go in there and look at how well the stock is doing, PE ratio, um, how how much has it moved year over year, and all types of information like that. You can get all of that inside their, their platform. That's awesome. And an- another resource that I really like is Google Finance. So if you're just looking for something to compare or you haven't set up your practice account yet, Google Finance has 
awesome research capability and it's free. You just go to, just go on Google and type in Google Finance and it'll come up too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's kind of, one of the, the common questions I get from folks is, so I want to start investing, you know, and we've talked about research and then starting out with a practice account. Um, I want to start investing, but where do I start? So do I go to a robo-advisor? Do I go self the self-management route? Do I hire an advisor? What is your take on this, Tila? Well, my take on that is it really depends on how much time you have to commit to learning. Um, if you know that you're not going to have enough time to commit to learning how to manage your funds yourself, so buying and selling stock, then I would recommend looking into either a robo-advisor or a financial advisor um, because they are going to be able to uh, to do that for you. Financial advisors are, and where robo-advisors, you kind of can set your expectations and your goals and it will do it automatically for you based on those goals. Um, I will say that it's important though to learn the difference between trading and investing when you do decide on whether you're going to manage it yourself or use a robo-advisor or a financial advisor. And I say that because um, a lot of people will go to a financial advisor and they're unhappy because they feel like their financial advisor isn't doing enough with their money or doing what they think they should do with their money. <laughs> well, <laughs> your financial advisor is going to do what they feel is best for you in the long term based on the goals that you have sat down and, and discussed with him or her. And a lot of people think, you know, well, I want to get on this hot stock now, or I want to, you know, be making money right now. Whereas again, a financial advisor is thinking long-term retirement. So he's not going to do those, uh, wild and crazy things with your money so that you can get a huge return right now, because that's not what's safe. That's not what is in line with your goals. So it's important to know that a financial advisor and robo advisor are more for long-term retirement type of goals. Whereas if you can self-manage, you can kind of do both. You can do some trading, some short-term trading, and then you can do, you know, the long-term investing. But it's definitely important to know the difference there so that uh, you can allow your financial advisor to do his or her job uh, to the best of his ability for you. Otherwise, you're, you're upset at him or her and because you think they're not doing what they're supposed to and they actually are. Yeah, your advisor is definitely more for, you know, long-term long-term investing and not trading. <laughs> yeah, I get I get a lot of people that come to me and they're like, "Well, you know, I had my money with this advisor and it just it wasn't growing that much." And they tell me how much it was growing. I'm like, "Well, he's actually doing, you know, a good job for you. It's it's for he's looking at years from now and he's doing a great job whereas they were expecting more of what you would get from, you know, trading instead of investing." So I do a mix of self-management and robo-advising. Um, self-management because I spend a lot of time researching and learning about how the stock market works. Um, I think I told you before that my first, um, I guess, journey into the stock market was investing in Gap stock years mm. ago <laughs> when it was $9. And, you know, based on all the research I had done, I decided to go with a company that I shopped at and a company that I knew. And I followed the trends of what the market analysts were saying about Gap at the time. And I put my money in there and I tracked it. And so that was my first, you know, 
entry into the stock market, but I spent time to do my research. I knew the company. I shopped at the company. I liked their products. So that's an example. So I do a lot of self-management. I don't invest in individual stocks as much only because I do more index funds, only because I'm one of those people that is particular about when I'm investing in individual stocks, I want to know what's happening in the company. And mm-hmm. like you said, I don't have time to look at the 10, 20 companies I want to invest in all the time. <laughs> I just don't have the time. And so I do a more, I have a more diversified approach by investing in index funds where it's just across, you know, bro- the broader stock market. And right. I do a robo-advisor um, for one of my portfolios through um, Betterment, um, and I do that because of of the feature they have around tax loss har- harvesting, which is basically they make sure that you are putting your money in very layman terms, putting your money um, or having your money invested in the best, the most tax beneficial way for you over the long term. So, mm. um, and I can't do that manually. They have like fancy algorithms built into that. So I do a, a combination of both. But I, I would say for folks who, there's nothing wrong with working with an advisor, but at the same time, just because you're working with an advisor does not mean that you get a pass on doing your research or you get a pass on knowing what he has put, he or she has put your money into. I think that when you sit with your advisor, you want to be able to have an informed conversation when they Absolutely. tell you, I'm investing in XYZ mutual fund, XYZ stocks. You can, you can say, okay, this is what I think. Um, you know, I like that. I like that industry. I like that market segment. You want to be able to have an informed conversation because at the end of the day, they're helping you manage your money, but nobody cares more about your money than you unless they're helping you spend it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You definitely want to know what's going on, even if you're not self-managing it. Because like you said, it's going to help you understand what's going on with your money and to be able to, um, you know, make make those informed decisions. Absolutely. And there is, see, what are some of your favorite robo advisors that you've probably looked at or you've heard people talk about in a highly reviewed, highly reviewed or recommended way? There's one in particular that I love right now, and it's uh, Betterment. And you're able to pick based on, um, uh, you're able to pick funds based on different interests that you have. Um, and so I, I'm really loving loving that one right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I use Betterment as well. And no, oh. this is not sponsored by Betterment. So <laughs> if you're listening, Betterment. <laughs> but there are a few others too. I know people have... Um, talks to me about Robinhood, about Acorns. Um, there is Stockpile that lets you buy fractional shares. Um, and I course- love Stockpile as well. Yes, Stockpile. Um, and I'm not sure that it's uh, if it's a robo advisor per se because it won't automatically um, do some investing for you. Uh, but it. I love the aspect of buying the fractional shares Mm -hmm. because uh, the price of certain stocks really keeps a lot of people from investing in them. They're like, well, I can't afford Google. I can't afford Amazon right now. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. Stockpile lets you buy those fractional shares. So if you only have $100 that you want to put into Amazon right now, you could do that through Stockpile. So I love that uh, Stockpile is allowing um, kind of a lower barrier of entry for for those who want to start investing but want to do it in a way that fits inside their budget 
Yeah, and for those of you listening, just to clarify, so the robo-advisors, like Tila said, are the ones that will do the investing for you. So companies like Betterment, Robinhood, Acorns, and then there are investing platforms where you can buy investments, buy stocks, buy funds through these platforms, and Stockpile is one of those, and it allows you, it has a low entry level, so you can buy fractional um, shares through them. And then a couple other ones are like Capital One, um, I'm a huge fan of Vanguard and Fidelity. Um, Fidelity, I'm, I kind of lean more towards only because I have accounts there. <laughs> and um, their customer service is really ex- excellent. Again, not sponsored by Fidelity. but <laughs> um, And I'll put all these in the, in the show notes for those of you who are interested in checking out these different platforms. Okay. So, Tila, what would you say in your experience doing this as a business, working with people every single day, teaching them and educating them about investing, what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to investing their money? Um, some of the biggest mistakes, first one is not practicing. Uh, everyone <laughs> wants to jump out there right now because they feel like they're missing something. And I'm like, I promise you the stock market will be here next year, <laughs> next month. Trust me, it will still be here. Um, so don't feel rushed to jump out there. Definitely take the time to practice and learn so that you're doing it safely, like I said. Um, and the other mistake is trying to jump on what's really hot right now. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> any of those newer stocks and just because everyone's talking about it, like, it's not always a great uh, idea to jump on those stocks because they can be unpredictable, especially if they're new. They just, you know, IPO'd or just started trading on the stock market. Um, they they can be unpredictable because they're getting out here and in, into the world and letting people know whether they're worth investing in. So I kind of say it's like they have to prove themselves to us. They have to prove that they're worth investing our money into before we put our money into them. So. I would say definitely stay away from from the new, whatever the new hotness is anybody is talking about. Just stay away from it because it can be unpredictable. Um, another mistake I see is um, uh, kind of messing with your investments all the time. Like I said, there's a difference between trading and investing. Mm-hmm. So if you're investing, don't keep messing with your money <laughs> because at that point you're now trading and there's there's you know more things to be learned when it comes to trading than there, it is investing. So once you buy a stock for investment purposes, just keep in mind that it's for years to decades and you want to just let it sit and grow. Don't, you know, don't mess with it. <laughs> yeah, investing is definitely think long term. Of course, you can invest short term, you know, through trading, but think long term, especially if you're new to this, you're learning about investing, you don't want to like, you don't want to be buying and selling every single day. You're, you'll probably lose more money in fees than you will on earning anything. Um, <laughs> I would just add on that when it comes to investing, it's important that you understand what your objectives are. Why are you investing? What are you investing for? Are you investing to for retirement, for your kids to go to college, for a house you want to buy in 10 years, what are you investing for? Because that's going to help either your advisor or your robo-advisor or even yourself um, create a strategy for your investments. You know, if you're retiring next year, then you don't want your money in 100% highly aggressive, volatile investments. You need to be a bit more conservative so that you don't lose too much over the short term as your retirement approaches, you know, 
next year. So it's important to have objectives. And I also think that it's important to understand your risk tolerance. Um, yes. Just because something is hot and popping and everyone's buying it and making money doesn't mean it's for you. Because typically when you hear about those investments that are growing super fast, probably too late to jump in, to be honest. And <laughs> yeah. and also um, things that have aggressive growth like that, like when you hear a stock has grown 40% in 18 months, 50% in 18 months, that means they have a lot of risk. So yes, they're growing, but then if they happen to go through a decline, it probably will be a severe decline too. So if you're going to go jump off a bridge and kill yourself, if your portfolio tanks 50%, then maybe that's not the right exactly. <laughs> investment yeah. for you. Yeah, and that's that's something I um I teach as well, and and I ask um folks in my group all the time when they're like, oh, I bought this stock and it's not doing this. Okay, what was your goal? Are you trading or are you investing? Because you, you know what I mean. Maybe you bought the wrong kind of stock for long term investing. This isn't you know a stock for that. And I talk about uh, learning how to stomach that that type of volatility in a stock, and that's where practicing comes in because. If you can't stomach the movement of Google when you're practicing, then you know you're not going to be able to put real money into Google, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but by practicing, you get to learn how Google moves or any other big stock. You know, you get to learn how any stock moves and whether you can uh, tolerate the type of volatility that it has so that you aren't, you know... Um, putting your real money out there and then getting scared and like you said, wanting to jump off that bridge when it doesn't work. Exactly. And thinking long-term at the, you know, at the very least, you know that historically the stock market has shown us that over time you'll get an 8% return. This is based on the history of the stock market. And so if you put your money in your investments, you have your objectives, you have your tolerance, you, you know, all these different things that Tila talked about, then you know that, okay, I'm going to leave my money for this amount of time and I'm going to be able to get 8%. But if you keep trying to sell and buy short term and hope you're going to get 20%, 50%, 100% because you heard it on the news, then you're sort of setting yourself up for failure because... Again, that in a sense, especially if you don't know what you're doing, becomes gambling. Yes. So, Tila, a question that I get pretty often, um, and I'm interested in knowing your take on this, is I want to start investing, but I have a ton of debt. (laughs) (laughs) So should I just keep paying the minimum payments and invest or should I focus on paying off my debt and then invest once I'm, you know, my high interest debt is gone? I believe that you should budget for investing. So look at your budget. Um, If you're paying off those loans or or debt that you have, look and see if there's room to set aside money for investing. If you don't at this time, then work on paying off, you know, the the high interest debt so that you can um, or pick one. I mean, I'm not going (laughs) to I'm not going to harp on which debt you should pay off, either the high interest or uh, start with the smaller one. So it seems like you're uh, achieving something. So you get that instant gratification. But work on paying one of those off so that you can free up the funds for investing. And then at that point, like I said, budget, uh, fit it into your budget, just like you, you know, budget for your light bill and your cable bill, 
budget for investing. Maybe it might only be $20 a month that you can set aside for investing. That's okay. It's a start and it's better than nothing. So uh, start there. And as you do pay down those debts, uh, you will have more money that you can put towards investing. Um, I will say that the foundation of getting to where I am and being able to trade my nine to five, though, was paying off all of my debt. Once you have no money going out of your home, then it it starts to pile up. And then you just learn how to uh, make it grow exponentially through investing. Yes, I love that. And I agree with your advice. (laughs) I mean, because I would say, so we just talked about how historically the average return in stock market is 8%. So there may be years where you get 20%. There may be years where, you know, the stock market is in a decline, but the average return is 8%. So if you have a credit card that is 25%, it makes more sense to put your money towards aggressively getting rid of that debt Mm -hmm. and then investing in the stock market later because otherwise you're, you know, you're, you think you're earning 8% over time in the stock market, but you're actually paying 25% on that credit card over time. And that means when you look at the big picture of your finances, you're actually losing money. You're losing, yeah. So paying your debt off before you invest is an immediate return on your investment. You're immediately minimizing how much of 25% you have to pay. I will say, though, that if you are in a 401k and your, your employer offers a match and there's free money, I would contribute enough to get that match. Yes. Because it's before taxes, it's free money, and then aggressively focus on getting rid of your debt. And then once you've gotten that debt down, then you know, you can expand your investing, you can invest in your four one K outside of your four one K, you can have your, you know, non retirement investments, but make paying off your debt a major priority. Yeah, because it frees up capital. Um, and again, don't feel like you're missing out on the stock market. It's going to be here, but it's important to, to uh, minimize or completely eliminate that debt if possible. Yes, absolutely. So great advice, Tila. Thank you. <laughs> so um, what is your favorite investing book or investing books? <laughs> uh, my favorite book is The Complete Turtle Trader. And I love that book because it gives an example of several just normal everyday people that were taken off the street and taught how to make money in the stock market. And I love that. I feel like it it really um, tells my story, you know, not knowing anything about the stock market. And if I just took the time to to learn and to be open to learning this and and making the sacrifices of time, money, and all of that, that I could make a return in the stock market. And so I think this book really um, shows that. And it's a, it's based on a true story. These people were definitely, um, they were you know real and taught to trade the stock market and made millions doing it. And so I think it is a very encouraging book uh, to let others know that you may not know something about the stock market today, but if you put the time into learning and you uh, start setting aside that money in your budget to start investing in the stock market that you can uh, make money as well. You can definitely make some great investments as long as you you know, have that drive and commitment. Awesome. And I'll put the link to that in the show notes. And I'm glad that you said that they were, they you, you pointed out they were taught and they were able to make millions. And I mean, look around you at all the wealthy people that you you know or you see on TV or whatever. 
you know, all these people put their money to work from that for them through investing. Their money is not sitting in savings accounts. <laughs> yeah. Their money is not in their mattress. Their money is working hard for them and in investing. And it's not necessarily just in the stock market. You know, a lot of them have it diversified through the stock market, through small business, through real estate. But no one, not none of these people is sitting on all of their money in cash buried in their basement somewhere. So right. No one yeah, none of them got there through saving alone. So I know a lot of people are afraid of investing, but again, like Tila said, practice research. Think about when you were in high school or if you're in college, you have to go to class and study and do all these you know, answer questions, do homework in order to pass the class. And once you're done with the class, you come out of it and you have gained all this new knowledge. It's the same with um, investing. You have to learn it. It is not a dark hole. It is not a language from outside of earth. It is <laughs> It's something that you can learn. And Tila, you have some really awesome resources to help people learn about investing. So do you mind telling everyone listening about them? Uh, yes, I do have a free course that just kind of gives you some foundational information um, for training and investing in the stock market that you probably don't hear elsewhere. And it's taught in plain English because like you said, sometimes that terminology can seem a little intimidating. You're like, what does that mean? Is this even English? Well, I have a way of teaching it in plain everyday English. I like to relate it to everyday um, examples because that is something we can connect to and quickly understand. Um, and I do it where if my 13-year-old doesn't understand it, I need to break it down a little further, right? <laughs> so um, that's the basis I go from. And not because I think people aren't smart enough to learn, but because that's how I had to learn when I was starting out. Like a lot of the terminology was just crazy. So I found a way to really um, take everyday examples and teach it, you know, to myself. So uh, that's what I give in my free course. Um, and then I also have my program, Trade Your 9 to 5. For anyone that is looking for freedom from their 9 to 5, this course will teach you exactly how to do that. It teaches you my full system of trading and investing to replace a full-time job. Um, the beauty of the program, though, is that you don't have to quit your job. Maybe you love your job. Um, well, Trade Your 95 still gives you that freedom where you are um, independent of the check from your 9 to 5. So you're now working because you want to and not necessarily because you have to. I love it. And I'm going to be putting that in the show notes. So you guys, you have to go check it out. Check out the free course. Take advantage of Tila. <laughs> and also yes. the offer. And I just want to say, Tila, I told you this before um, that... There's not enough women like you in this space, specifically around investing. This is really, really important. It's an important topic for all of you who are listening. You want to start putting your money to work with you over the long term. Sorry, to work for you over the long term. This is how you build wealth and you want to get comfortable with it. And people like Tila are here to support the movement of helping women build wealth. Yes. And I love that you do this because like I said, especially in the investing space, when you look at Wall Street, you see all guys. When you look at, you know, products out there on investing for women, majority of them are designed by men for men. And then they slap some pink on it and they're like, here, yep. investing for women. <laughs> that, does, that does not work for us. So, guys, if you're listening, go check out Tila's free, free course on investing. Um, and again, 
listen to this podcast episode over again, right? And investing is a learning process. Mm -hmm. Um, It's more complex than just simple budgeting, (laughs) Uh, but it's something that you can learn. It it doesn't have to be complicated or nerve wracking. It's something that you can learn. So Tila, I really appreciate the time um, talking to me. I appreciate you and what you do. And thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank you again for having me and allowing me to uh, serve your audience and show them that it's definitely possible. Thank you so much. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode. And if you did and you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, please do. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on the Clever Girl Finance YouTube channel. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Let's get the word out there about the Clever Girls Know podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be back again soon with another episode.